The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this episode are that of the guest and host and do not necessarily reflect the values of sponsors or other associated organizations. Welcome to the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services. I'm your host, Bobby Williams. You can subscribe to the show on pretty much any platform. Amazon, Spotify, Audible. If it is a streaming platform, you can most likely subscribe. I'd encourage you to do it. It means a lot to us. Let's talk about money. Our guest today is Jay Gabrani of Prepared Fathers. You can learn more about his work at preparedfathers.com. Jay is a financial coach and consultant who, while the organization is called Prepared Fathers, works with teens and parents to make sure that the whole family is strong financially. Jay talks about how we're in this middle generation. Our parents are getting older which leads to their own set of difficult but important financial conversations. Meanwhile, your child is growing up and you want them to be prepared and educated so they can take on the world. And then in the middle of it all, there's you. Most of us could probably use a little bit of advice and financial education ourselves. This was a very interesting conversation. It got me to think about a few things in a different light. It might do that for you too. Check it out. Just the simple matter of something like a credit report, right? A credit report, I tell teenagers, it's the biggest report card you're ever gonna have, right? Forget about the school report cards that you get. Your financial report card, this is gonna last you your whole life. It's gonna affect your ability to ultimately, you know, buy a house, uh, buy a car, apply for mortgages, loans, etc. And I think that that alone, that one factor, a lot of people don't know what they're all about, but it's such an important factor. Um, you mentioned taxes, uh, insurance, there's all these things that are going to be part of our everyday lives forever, like forever, as long as we are alive, these are things that are going to matter. Yet, It's just one of those things where um, it's not taught in school. If it is, it's very cursory. And a lot of parents, I find they're uncomfortable teaching about these subject matters because they themselves never had great role models. They never had great teachers. So then they are uncomfortable passing along that type of knowledge. Uh, So that's what I find is a big gap. And I think it's super valuable to fill in those gaps so that uh, teenagers grow up and even adults a a lot of adults get so much value out of our education because just stuff that they never knew about they were never taught when you're a teenager you're kind of blind to things like credit because it doesn't really impact you yet and then when you grow up you're very very aware of it I, Mm -hmm. i think another piece is budgeting and that's something that's kind of a mystery until you really have to do it Oh, the top three, the budgeting, the, uh, like, yeah, it's all about, you got to learn how to earn money. You have to learn how to save money. You have to learn how to invest money. 
definitely those three areas are not kind of definitely not covered. And each of them have their own little specialties that you have to go over. And these are the things that, yeah, teenagers, you're right. They have to know uh, credit. You're right. Like a lot of them at a young age are never going to deal with it, but then it hits them pretty hard. My personal story is simple. I went to university first week on campus. I was at the student hall or student center and one of the major banks was there and they said, Hey, are you a student here? I'm like, yeah. They're like, here you go. Just fill this in and you're going to get a credit card for $500 without knowing anything else about me. Just saying, yeah, you're a student. There you go. And that kind of put me into trouble because I didn't, I didn't understand back then at 18 years old, what the effect of a credit card was. And I, of course, you know, blew way over that $500 limit and had some trouble paying it off initially. But it's one of those things where, yeah, that's uh you, you just want to make sure that they don't learn the hard way. Sometimes they do, but it'd be great if they don't and they get to learn from other people's experience. It seems kind of predatory to me, like, you know, you're going for those who don't really know about it. So yes. earn, save, invest. Yes. Let's break those down for teenagers. So earn, does that just look like getting a job at McDonald's working? You know what? It used to. Basically, I'd say like 15, 20 years ago, yeah, it was like the coffee shop or the McDonald's or whatever. But now um, they have an amazing opportunity because every teenager has what? They have a cell phone. And every teenager technologically is so much more advanced than at least, you know, someone in my age group, 50 years old or so. So they have this opportunity to do all kinds of things online as opposed to just getting a job. So they at least have a lot of options. I mean, like one of my one of my kids, my youngest, is a buyer and seller on Facebook Marketplace on Kijiji, right? And just like they, they she makes money that way. Um, so they just have a lot more opportunities to earn money. And yeah, you can go do the, you know, I can cut the grass in the local, in the neighborhood and all that. Um, those are jobs are always available, but Let's just say that if they don't want to do that type of stuff and, and work at the McDonald's, they have technology at their at the thing. They can do all kinds of things uh, to make money uh, using technology. That's very interesting. Yeah, if they're entrepreneurial, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. room of like, I um, work with youth in my organization, the Bridge Music Project, and yes. we had a kid that would get kind of rare shoes and then sell them and make just hundreds of dollars off the shoes. Yes. And um, yeah, there's a lot more opportunities now. Yes. yes. So there's there's no excuse if they if they really want to earn money. There's lots of ways to do it. It's just a matter of effort. They got to pull themselves away from their phones and their and their uh, video games and all that type of stuff. And and just think about what they'd like to do. And, and that's the beauty of it at their age. They get to try a lot of things. There's, you know, it's not very risky or anything like that. They can do all kinds of stuff. Maybe they're really good technically. I know one kid who's uh, one of my kid's friends happens to be a very good video editor. How he developed the skill, I have no idea. But he chops up people's videos, right? People who, who create videos, they send it to him. He edits them. He charges them his fee. And he sends it back. And he does it all from the comfort of his home. And he loves doing it. So, I mean, like, it depends on what skills you have. Um, I tell my kids all the time, skills pay the bills. So develop skills that you're interested in. 
these are not things that you usually learn in school. These are somehow, these are things that you just, you learn on your own, or you have a really good teacher, mentor, who's outside of the schooling system, and you can learn a lot of these things. So yeah, it's, it's just a matter of, there's opportunities everywhere. It's a matter of their effort. Mm, it's amazing times. So then yeah. there's the save piece of it. How yes. do you encourage them to save when they don't want to? Yeah, uh, it, it's simply a matter of, I, I frame it to my kids is, this is money for your future self. And it sounds a little confusing, right? Like uh, the, the whole saying in traditional finance is, pay yourself first, mm -hmm. put money away for yourself. I, I frame it as, this is for your future self, guys. When you, you know, right now you're 15, 17, whatever, you're making money. Our rule is very simple. I go, you guys don't really have any expenses outside of, the only thing I ask them to pay is their own cell phone bills, and that's it. So they are required to save 50% of all the money they earn. Now, again, it goes into their savings account, and they build up that savings account until they're ready to invest. But I that's how I frame it. It's for you guys. It's not for anyone else. It is for your future selves. In the future, you're going to want to buy things. You're going to want to build up money towards buying a house or maybe a car or something like that. You're going to want to travel. This is the money that you ultimately build up and use for yourself. And then that leads us into the third piece where if you're disciplined in that, then you can invest money. And the key with investing money is simple. I have, again, a, a rule. How much money do you make while you sleep? All right. That is, that's investing. It should be passive. It should be hands-off. And it's, the money should be working. A lot of people work hours. They trade time mm -hmm. for money. I'm trying to teach my kids, once you've saved up some money, you invest it, now you're using your money to make money. And that, I think, if you hit all three of those things and the kids are doing all of them, then you're doing a great job in, in teaching your kid and setting them, setting them up for, I think, a very successful financial life if they develop the right habits. We talk on the show a lot about the prefrontal cortex and that part <laughs> of your brain that is uh, future oriented and yes. how it's not fully developed until you're around 25. So this seems like a practice in working to develop that prefrontal cortex. The way I've always grown up and learned is like it's rude to talk about money and that's something, you know, yes. very private and kind of and then Another side of that is you don't want to, or at least this is what I've been taught, is like you don't want to tell your children about your personal finances because then they could be like worried about the family's bills or um, too involved. What's your take on all that? I'm uh, totally opposite. I'm very open about things um, because you know what? Like it's everyday life. And when it's everyday life, these are real experiences. And it's not just us going through certain things, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Other people are going through things. So I want them to be prepared that if they don't handle a lot of their stuff early on, that later on, that's kind of when things catch up to you. If, you. if you don't have really good financial habits that you start developing when you're young, guess what's going to happen when you're older? It's, you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught somehow. You might, you know, mess up on a credit report. You might not qualify for a mortgage, something like that. It'll catch up to you. 
So I'm actually very opposite of that. I do understand. And I agree with you. I know a lot of people who are like, yeah, talking about money is taboo and we don't want to get into that. But uh, I have this saying, Bobby, where underneath oxygen, we live in a first world country. You need money, right? Like it's just, it is, it is a fact. It's one of those things. So I don't see the point of running away from it uh, because it's just necessary. It's, it permeates our everyday life. And yeah, it's like having a lot of money doesn't guarantee you happiness. But when you don't have a lot, there's some tough times that, that people have to face. And I'd rather the kids maybe kind of don't have to face that as much as possible. So I'm opposite. I'm very open with them. I answer all their questions about it, good, bad, or ugly. Money won't buy you happiness, but it could be the difference from like getting a parking ticket and just having to stress you out the whole afternoon versus not like right. money can save you from financial stress. Um, Big time. It gives you choices. That's what I tell my kids. Choices. We talk about modeling positive behavior a lot on this show, but yes. what if when it comes to your finances, you're not having the best positive behavior like we talked about the younger generation now we're kind of talking about this middle generation which is you how can you even begin to get started on that yeah i mean like a lot of the times is simple is that you uh, a lot of people are just they didn't know what they didn't know all right and they grew up and it's like it kind of hit them later on when when they were making some mistakes and things weren't working out for them so again, I think one of the one of the worst things is is that, and it's very difficult. I I was in this phase, especially when my three kids were like young. I had like my wife and I had two thousand five, two thousand seven, two thousand nine. So we had three kids in like four years. I understand what it's like. It's very stressful. Your expenses are going through the roof, and we just happened to hit at the same time as our expenses were going up. The credit crisis from two thousand seven and eight hit. So things were economically a little bad. So I've been through those scenarios too. And the only thing I can tell you is you just gotta, this is the difficult part is you're in that scenario and you have to kind of grind to get yourself out of it a little bit, right? You have to realize that there are choices that you were making in the previous, whatever, 10, 15 years <laughs> that you were making that led you to where you are today. And if you have the ability to at least look back and recognize some of those mistakes, then yeah, the painful part is I got to make some changes. And a lot of people who are older, they don't want to make changes. But then at the end of the day, you just, it, you got to look in the mirror and say, uh, if I don't make these changes, what happens in the next 10 years? What does the next 10 years look like? And I know a lot of folks, um, they get, they start worrying about their retirement. Right. Because it's like, I don't have any money saved or I didn't even think about retirement. I'm just working. At some point, the habit has to change. If you don't change the habit, your bad habit will change you. And that's going to be a troublesome scenario. That's where you have people who are kind of like not doing well and they don't really change anything in life. So at some point, you got to grab a hold of it and just look and say, I need to make these changes. Because if I don't make these changes, the pain that's coming down the road is what I'm trying to get people to understand and hopefully help them avoid. 
But uh, yeah, it's tough when you're in the middle of it and you just, you have to realize that certain choices led you here. You have to make different choices to go forward. If you don't make different choices, then at some point we got to realize that nothing will change and then trouble. We could do a whole episode about those different <laughs> yes. choices. And I think um, yes. starting with retirement is a good tip for sure. So yes. then we have our aging parents. How do they tie yes. into the finances? Okay, this let's tie that back to what you mentioned earlier. I find that a lot of the elderly parents are the ones who find it taboo to talk about money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, again, the typical example is you're in your, you know, late 40s, early 50s. Your parents are quite a bit older. Um, a lot of people my age, they don't necessarily know what their parents' wishes are. Okay? Like, sometimes the parents don't even have a will yet. And now now we're, now we're playing risk, right? Like, now they, if they have assets, the, those assets might not get distributed the way they want. The government might take a big chunk of it. And it's one of those things where it's like, you got to have that conversation with your elderly parents at a very minimum, Bobby, I want people to realize, yes, it's a tough, it's a tough conversation to have, but they should at least know, like, mom, dad, what are your wishes? Like, what do you want when it comes to your estate, when it comes to your money, how do you want it taken care of? Is it on paper? You do want to get it on paper in form of will. And the other important thing is you need to kind of ask them, listen, like, where is this stuff? In case I ever need to access it, right, then I have to know where it is. If I don't know where it is, then it's a really, let's just say that obviously it's a tough situation when you lose anyone close to you in family. But now if you have a, you, if you have this, you already have the emotional stress of losing someone. Then on top of that, you throw this whole thing of you don't know anything about what they want. Those conversations are what you have to open up. And, you know, like it's one of those things where um, that's a big risk area, because if you don't know these things, you're you're asking for trouble because the worst time to deal with a crisis is when you're right in the middle of it. And that's what a lot of people, unfortunately, do. They don't plan a little bit and get get ahead of the game here when it comes to that. So. It's opening those conversations up with the elderly parents who, yeah, admittedly, a lot of them don't want to talk about it. But when you when you frame it to them as, listen, I don't want the government taking a big chunk of your stuff. And yeah, like you have kids, you have grandkids, and I want to make sure your wishes are fulfilled. And hopefully that would open the doors a little bit to say for them to realize that, okay, you know what, I should I should talk about this and at least let's get this out on paper so that everyone knows. And when you have multiple children, siblings, step-siblings, like it's even more important to get everything out in the open, to get everything discussed, or else you're creating creating the potential for big, big, big problems. So often when a parent dies, it just leads to all this family fighting and about just things. And yeah, just spare yourself that and get your parents to make a will. Jay Bronny, yes. this was a very informative conversation, prepared fathers. I had a great time talking with you. Yeah, so I just also wanted to, uh, we have a nice little checklist resource for your audience. If they'd like to go to www.preparedfathers.com forward slash compass, 
they can find a nice report, critical financial mistakes parents are making and how to avoid them. I think it's great if people want to get some more information, they can read that report and see that they're, you know, they're not making those those uh, critical financial mistakes. We and we've discussed a lot of them here today. A follow-up resource. I love that. Well, yeah. Th yeah. Thank you again, Jay. You're very welcome, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Prepared fathers, preparedfathers.com. Very interesting conversation. This has been the Parental Compass by Family Education and Support Services, aka FES. I'm Bobby Williams. We'll see you next episode. Peace.